Hello, everyone. Welcome to Timeless Voyager, where the knowledge is timeless and you are the Voyager. I'm your host, Bruce Stephen Holmes, so buckle up those cosmic seatbelts because today's ride may be a rough one. Today's guest is Jesse Blen, coming to us from Costa Rica. Now, I know Jesse as a person who uses a device called a pendulum. He'll explain and show you his pendulum. Uh, this is not Jesse's first time on Timeless Voyager, and it certainly won't be his last. Now, Jesse seems like a normal guy from Kansas who moved to Costa Rica and bought a fruit farm, but that is really far from the truth. In fact, when he learned how to use a pendulum, his normal life changed dramatically. For example, in 2014, he began communicating with the crew of Malaysia Flight 370, which disappeared in March of that year with 239 passengers and crew, never to be found again. And he did this using his pendulum. Now, if you missed it, you can watch the YouTube Timeless Voyager podcast number 288 called uh, Unraveling the Mystery of Malaysia Flight 370, or you can listen anywhere on Spotify uh, to that same podcast number 288. However, Today, Jesse has a list of new topics to talk about. So we're going to talk about life after death. These are numerous experiences. Uh, Blue energy. The uh, nine abandoned and imprisoned survivors of the sunken Argentine submarine. That's A-R-A San Juan. That was the name of the submarine. He'll tell us a lot more about that. Uh, Lots of reptilian experiences, including closing portals and the giant mushroom. And his friends from Callisto. And Callisto, for those of you who don't know, is a moon of Jupiter. So without any further ado, let me bring our guest today. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much. It's, It's a pleasure to be here. It's nice to have people interested in in experiences this this of course is just an example of a pendulum there's lots of different pendulums there are hebrew pendulums and and all kinds of pendulums anything will work for a pendulum almost anything that can move Uh, i've used a string of onions (laughs) done healings on people with a string of onions so it doesn't take much Uh, but this has a nice weight and a nice i like something with a fairly long chain that lets it move enough that it's really visible um, and it basically responds. It, in my case, it took a few months for it to respond very much to uh, initially, you know, mostly yes and no questions. And but it's it's an access to information. I say I say that it's an access, in my case, to the Akashic records, which is basically all the information in the history of the universe. Um, and I've used that to know a lot of secrets and I haven't got any any trouble yet. Um, I have published a lot of, uh, odd videos on YouTube, um, of my experiences and disclosed a lot of, a lot of things that, uh, could be very controversial, but so far I'm, uh, I'm still free here. I'm the, I'm the only Jesse Blend on earth, so it's, it's hard to hide. <laughs> I, I do believe I have angelic protection though. All right, so um, let's let's get to the uh, list. How would you like to approach this? What would, what should we talk about first? Well, um, I, I think we could just go down the list. I, I think first on the list, you're talking about past lives. Um, yeah. I imagine a lot of your viewers probably know of past lives, but I've had a lot of uh, interesting experiences. Uh, Mostly, almost all of them through hypnosis, a few other ones, but mostly through hypnosis of the reality of what life and death is, uh, how we plan to come to the earth, uh, our clans, which are a group of people that we're connected with. And uh, they say the whole clan, everyone in the whole clan is involved on planning who is going to incarnate next and where, the, where it's going to be and what their, what their goals are going to be. 
and lots of times they don't fulfill their goals and uh, and it's it's interesting it's it's all planned for us to come here and we have a part in that planning we have to accept to come here um and i could i could explain my experiences that back this up uh, there's a lot of information available of course anybody who, who investigates but i have this is basically backed up by personal information um my own connection with past lives if you want to say not not my past lives but the other side life life consciousness after death hmm. uh actually started my wife started seeing uh, youtube videos by this uh colombian who does a lot of hypnosis and he got into a lot of past lives and i might have mentioned one of his from a woman who had lived in ancient egypt was just fascinating because he woke her up and had her write unbelievably fast in ancient hieroglyphics from about 3000 bc and then he she read this and sang it it was a song in ancient egyptian from that time and then she translated it into spanish and i thought i gotta hypnotize that's just too interesting so so i started hypnotizing then my wife she had said oh we need to take classes and things you know we don't know what we're doing i just started doing it so once i started then she started and almost immediately we're we're, com we're communicating with her grandmother who died uh, roughly i'm not sure you know roughly 20 years ago or so and and her aunts and uncles and not aunts uh all her aunts are alive her her uncle dead uncles and all kinds of stuff and and started learning what what really happened what it's really like to communicate with people if you want to say on the other side most of it is friendly communication some of them uh like her uncles were drunks who really messed up their family's lives and they were crying they were in the darkness they were asking for help uh and we we gave them help uh they were not in hell actually nothing like they paint hell but they were in darkness and they were needing help and interesting we on this side in this dimension have the ability to help them that is that has been brought out by more than one therapist that we have like a special ability from this side to help people if you want to say stuck on the other side um now when you, use the, when you use the term stuck what do you mean uh they can die and not go to the light so they can be uh some of them uh, some of them are if you want to say ghosts i call them stuck souls uh some of them actually attached to people because they need need energy i've talked to and have recorded actually recorded i probably have three three ghosts i talked to who were stuck if you want to say in my wife's body getting energy from her so they're kind of like uh vampires in the sense that they are drawing energy in order to sustain their life at that moment something like that yes I don't like the term vampire because it has such negative connotations. I, 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 of, I, of all the ones, all, of all the, my wife had one who was in her, who was stuck to her aunt. And his first words is, I'm a piece of trash. You don't know how many people I've killed. And I've been here ever since this, I think he used the word B-I-T-C-H, was nine years old. And, and, and I'm not leaving. Hmm. And he said, you don't know how many times I wanted to kill her, but there's two light beings that won't let me do it. That was the only negative one. That, and I, that was my wife who found that one in her ass. How did you get rid of this guy, or did you? Yeah, we did. I thought, wow, I can't even convince my kids to wake up in time to go to school, and my wife could convince this stuck soul to leave. She did it. Hmm. Uh, you, can, you can really... Uh, it's amazing. Uh, hypnotism, hypnotism is amazing. But anyway, so, that was the first. That was actually the first experience. But all the other ones have been positive, and so we've helped them on the way. Let's let's make the, let's complete the point here, though. The point is that, or let me say, I'll say that I think this is what the point is. So the first part of the point is, in order for a person to be free of this type of energy, first they have to find out that that energy is there so they have to they they have to suspect 
that there is some entity that's that perhaps is affecting their life let's say i i am not sure but i think so because i the people who have been sick for a long time you know had health problems and usually odd pains they have more and more of these what i call stuck souls I've, i have found up to 19 in one person and it seems like they just accumulate over time one of them was really interesting and I do all this with a pendulum at a distance, right? I, I have recorded in hypnosis these three, but all the other ones I do with a with a pendulum. And I ask their name. I ask, you know, what year they died, uh, where they're from, what they died from, how many kids they had, man or woman, everything. I can ask everything about them. And one of the most interesting was a neighbor who had five, and the third one was named Meh Benra from Egypt. And she was not doing, she was not causing any pain. The other ones were like, you know, causing him problems and she wasn't causing problems. And and I asked what she doing and why is she there then? She said she is there because someone prayed for him and they sent her as an angel to console the other spirits who were in this guy's body. And, and it's a totally different story. Hmm. And but he had he had five different ones, uh, and it's interesting what these spirits see. This one, her name was Mary from Manitoba, Canada, and she died when she's I think eighty six, and she'd been there like seven years, and she can see. She's in his, She was in his back because it caused different pains in different parts of the body, and she could see where she was. I asked, can she see the mountains? Yes. Does she, does she understand Spanish? No. Uh, and has she seen a sign that says, Se vende, which means for sale? And, she, and the answer was yes. <laughs> so she's seeing for sale signs. And But I helped them all to the light. Hmm. And, and when you do that, then the energy, which is the indicator of these people's health, always goes down. In other words, they get younger energetically. Yeah, so we helps. talked about this uh, in a couple shows, so maybe we yeah. need... We need to discuss this a little bit in more depth. You talk about this um, energy age. Why don't you give us a, 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 an explanation? Okay. Uh, real quickly, I, I just asked the pendulum people's ages in years, and it was giving me wrong answers. And I, and I asked, why is this answer wrong? And it was because it's on a scale from 0 to 100 of health, where we die at 100. So I can tell people's health instantly, including my own, and and it goes up and down all the time. If if your energy age, I'm I just turned sixty eight, and my energy age is usually around forty. Evidently, my life expectancy is pretty high, but um, but if if my energy age was eighty, I'd say I have a health problem. You know, in fact, if it's sixty, I'm not feeling good. <laughs> Uh, the other day I was feeling really bad and it got up to 65. But that didn't mean I have only 35 years left. It's just an indicator of my instant health. And and by people who have a lot of these stuck souls who are taking energy from them, when I help them to the light, that energy age, let's say it was 60, it might go down to 43. Just from helping these to the light. So I've, I've learned the effect of different healings I do by just... As I'm doing through the healing, I'm checking their energy age to see what effect that last thing had on their energy age. And that way I can tell, you know, these stuck souls are causing problems. They are taking energy. Now, are there ever stuck souls who hide, who do not want to be found? Uh, I haven't found those. I've found two that did not want to go to the light. Hmm. And both of them were afraid. The one I remember, she had had an abortion. Because I asked why she didn't want to go to the light. And she had, and you know, it's a woman. I just go down the list of things. Well, did she kill somebody? You know, did, but it might have been related. She, she had an abortion, which may have, she now might think that that meant she killed somebody. Hmm. And, uh, so she had a certain amount of guilt. And because of that, she did not want to go to the light. She was afraid to go to the light. But I, you know, I convinced her, if you want to say, basically talking to her, 
through the pendulum and I say, do you understand this? And the, and the pendulum would answer, yes. Okay, now will you go to the light? And finally it answered, yes. And she went to the light. Hmm. That was a woman from South America. I can't remember which country. Let's uh, let's talk. Is this okay? Let's, let's move to another one. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's for example, my wife's uncles. Uh, when you die and you're stuck, it's usually because you have an emotional problem. Your emotional frequency is low, hmm. and you stay. If you want to say stuck in my in my dad's case, he was stuck in his life review for twenty two years. He was stuck doing his life review, whereas my mother did her life review in like three or four weeks. And other people probably do it faster. Maybe she was doing other things. But and for those, a couple of weeks she was for those people that are hearing that term for the first time, what do you mean by life review? Okay, when you die and you go to the light, <clears throat> evidently you don't do the life review before you actually get to the light. You go through the events of your past, things that you did, and the effect, not just on you, but on everyone, it's a review. A friend who had a, had a what they call a near-death experience, I call them death and back experiences. Uh, she says it's a lot like a, like, a, like, a, uh, like the movie theaters now, you know, the 3D movies where you put the glasses on, you can see things in 3D. I've only been to one, I think. Um, it's a lot like that. Or she said you could call it now that they have holograms. It's like a, whole, a holographic review of, of everything from your life and you see things from everyone's point of view uh for example my mom said she didn't know the tragedies that i went through and if she would have known she would have helped me more but she just didn't know and uh and a lot of things and then when there are deep experiences that you didn't learn what you should have you oftentimes have to review them again and again to try to get the sense of them so in my dad's case, he was stuck in what they call a loop. I guess he was stuck there for 22 years in a loop of his life review, and he could not advance until he talked to me, and we settled our differences, if you want to say. And, mm. and for the first time, I felt love for my dad, and with that, he could go forward. And the next time I talked to him, a couple weeks later, his first words were, Thank you, my son. You liberated me. Because he was stuck in the life review. Now, my wife actually saw how this works. She says they have capsules. These She called them capsules, kind of like uh, cocoons. Mm -hmm. And you can see the lights flashing in them. There's a whole, they're like in big area of these cocoons, and the lights are flashing. Like there's some kind of projections going on inside. And each of these cocoons has a human soul in it doing their life review. And she said the angels are going around among all these cocoons in case anybody has any problems. They're there to help in the life review. And the, uh, after my sister died, a couple weeks after she died, I wanted to talk to her. And they said she wasn't available because she was in the capsule doing her life review. Well, if you're going to be anywhere, that's the place, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, then after they gradually adapt to whatever time, because time is different there, but it's like a gradual process of adapting to what, if you want to say, consciousness is there. You can call it life. Um, just on Monday, today's Wednesday, on Monday, I talked to my mom, and I told my wife I wanted to do a hypnosis, and I hypnotized her, and you know, I said I'd like to talk to my mom. So when I hypnotized my wife, my mom immediately came. She was listening. And she came and helped me with a bunch of stuff. And my my long-lost brother, which is another story. I did send you the video about that. Um, that our our long-lost brother who found us a few years before he died. And and she's with him. And he I talked to him. And he, he's, he came up with the idea after, he, you know, a couple years after he's dead, for us to come back as sisters. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that. So now Monday, Monday, I talked to my mom and she says she's going to be our mother again. So my next uh, my next past life, I'm going to have the same mother and me and my brother, who I never got to live with, are going to be sisters. I guess that's already decided. <laughs> it's like <laughs> planning the change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's all planned. My wife, my mom says she is. 
in expansions. He says our physical world is just a tiny, tiny, tiny part of the whole reality that exists. Mm. That we have to real they have to really condense our energy to come to solidify to come to live on the earth. Let's talk about this uh, sunken Argentine submarine. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the? You did. You told me the year. So let, let's go over what it's about because it's nine abandoned and imprisoned survivors. So let's go right. through the whole story. This this gets into the the complications that I get by using a pendulum. I know secrets, and of course, some of these secrets aren't meant to be known. Um. I heard the submarine sunk, I think it was the middle of November, if I remember, 2017. Anyway, it's easy to find that date, but I think, let's say it was the middle of November 2017. And I heard heard it on the news, but I didn't do anything about it, of course. Ten days later, a friend wrote, he says, Ten, day, ten days ago, the ocean swallowed up the Argentinian submarine Ara San Juan. What does your pendulum say? And I thought, well, okay, the first thing, I can see if there's anybody alive by their energy ages. So I connected with all, everybody on the submarine. I just asked, uh, the interesting of the pendulum does math. I asked, what is their average energy age? And the average energy age was, let's say, 76 or something like that. And I said, okay, that means if, that's, if all of them are like that, they're not very good. They may be running out of air, but also it could be that some of them are dead and some are alive. So I asked the people, I asked the, the lowest energy age of anyone, and it was like 30-some years old. They said, okay, that guy's alive. So I went down a list and made a list of nine people who were alive. Two of them were in pretty bad shape in their 90s, and everybody else was dead. Okay? Now, I, I happen to, to not mention names, live with someone who has visions, and I just connected with these people just to see what they're feeling and, and what she saw without no, without telling her what I'm connected to. What she saw was fire, like an explosion, which was when their submarine was torpedoed. Okay. The, the, the government cl- tries to claim that they were having battery, which they were. They did have some battery problems. So they thought, well, they just had battery problems, ran out of power and sunk. They don't want to admit that there was any, you know, physical major damage to the submarine because they were spying on the British in the Malvinas Islands, which they weren't supposed to be doing, and they wanted to keep that covered up. And the British wanted to keep it covered up, too, to not go into another war. So they just all agreed to, to keep it quiet. So when that, when that did, when that happened, they sent ships from 13 different countries to look for the submarine where they knew it was not at. They knew very well where the submarine was, but they had no plans to rescue anybody. Uh, okay, so I asked, where are these nine people who are alive? Where are they? Okay, well, I said, well, okay, if they're in the submarine, first I'll ask, where the submarine? The submarine was at 206 meters below sea level, according to the pendulum. I got out the map. That's how deep the ocean is there. They were sitting on the bottom of the ocean. Okay, I asked what altitude these people are at. They were at, the actual number it gave was two meters, whereas probably one meter would be more accurate. But they gave me two meters. Okay, and I asked, how far away is the farthest one from each other? And they were within within about 10 or 15 feet of each other. I said, okay, well, they're on the surface of the ocean within a few feet of each other. They're in the life raft. And they'd been there, obviously now, for, for 10 days. And they were there for like a couple more weeks, according to the pendulum, right? All this pendulum is the only one inventing this. There's all kinds of theories, and they've sent ships to look for them where they know damn well that they're not because they don't want them to find it with the big, with the giant hole in it and, and have to find out, well, who's torpedoed the submarine, right? Hmm. So it was all planned by the, one, by the few who knew the truth, right? And, uh, and it was like a couple weeks later, uh, I, I asked the probability of them being rescued, and it wasn't very high. It was like 45% probable that they would be rescued and all of them alive. And and then roughly a week later, I woke up with the idea in my mind, they're on land and we have to send them pizza. I don't know where the pizza idea came from, uh, but they were on land. I got out the uh, Argent, printed out an Argentinian map and found them where they were. They were in a place called Carmen de Patagones. And that's a very rural area. There's a river that comes down to the ocean there. It's, it's just a rural 
fairly far south rural area. There's some kind of irrigation canal or something there. Which island and, is this? Uh, that's on the mainland of Argentina. Oh, main, I'm sorry, I wasn't following. Yeah, they were actually headed toward Argentina, I suppose, by currents or wind. They were actually headed a little bit towards the coast of Argentina. Because the, 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 the pendulum showed me where the submarine was. And whatever, two year, two, three years later, whenever it was, when they found the submarine, one person wrote to me to thank me for saying, you were right. The, pen, the pendulum showed where the submarine really was. Mm. Only one person. After I'd contacted most of the senators and everybody in Argentina, not a single person except a few of the family members got answered me. Now, one of the family members, uh, the mother of one of the crew, one of the ones who is still alive, uh, she was having visions from him, and he was in a barn in her visions. And, of course, there's barns in this area in Carmen de Patagones. Hmm. So she, she had visions from him in a barn. Okay, they were there for several months. Several months. Uh, then then I, one day I asked where they were, and they were out in the middle of the ocean. The pendulum indicated where they were in the middle of the ocean. They weren't in Carmen de Patagones. They were taken to Ascension Island, which is a British island off the northwest coast of Africa, where the British have a naval base. And they were there. They were prisoners there for something like three years. Hmm. Uh, they were okay. One of them died there, but not he was you know from some health problem. And and I could ask for their emotional state. You know they weren't too bad. They still had hope and stuff. Uh, this one who appeared to his mom one day, he appeared to his mom and said, "My wife thinks I'm dead," because his wife had just remarried. And and so. Uh, Several months ago, but not less than a year ago, I probably communicated with them again, and they're out in the ocean again. And what they did, they came and brought them to South America and released them, but they were threatened to not say a word. So most of them are okay. They've been released, but they were prisoners for whatever, four years or whatever it is. I can't remember. And, and the one we communicated with, he did not like us communicating with him. Again, this is without telling this person who communicates who I'm communicating with. I just say, I'm contacting someone. What do you see? And this person did not like being communicated with because he feels very threatened, not from our communication, but from the outside. So he was threatened and released because they, they, they probably threatened to kill their families or who knows what. They're capable of anything. If they're capable of, of this huge lie, they're capable of all that. So. Uh, all but all but one of the nine, the last time I checked, were still alive, and they've been released. But they're they have to be, remain anonymous. Uh, this one I've checked the most. He he is actually friends with his family on Facebook, but he's using a false identity. But he actually you know keeps up with his family and stuff on Facebook, and he has a net worth now, which means he's got a job, probably. So they're making a they're making a new life. Um, but the, the record, real quickly, the record for use of the pendulum, the pendulum actually spun two hours and 45 minutes sending energy to, if you want to say, solve this mystery of the submarine. Two hours and 45 minutes, something to do with the submarine. I didn't sure what. So I, I had in the middle of this, you know, after it spun an hour and 45 minutes and I had to go to bed and continue the next day, I... I had my wife communicate, what am I doing without telling her what? I just said, I'm doing something. What do you see? And she saw a rural area, a rural road where military vehicles have gone by. But when the military vehicles go by, everyone hides in their houses because it's safer if you don't see anything. And then mm -hmm. she saw one of the soldiers and she says, he's got cold, it's, it's, it's green, it's like summertime, and it's, it's green, but it's, even then it's cold. And, and they have on cold weather, you know, like earmuffs and stuff like that for the cold. And she says, that's odd, he's a Latino. So she was seeing one of the Argentinian soldiers, who is probably one of these guards there in Carmen de Patagones. Mm -hmm. And she wondered, how am I seeing this? 
and she turned around and she saw the body of a spotted dog. She was communicating with a dog on a rural road in Argentina, seeing a military, the road to a military installation without even knowing what I was asking her. Hmm. Okay. Now, what did that do? Okay. No. Well, I, don't know. I ask. So I ask, where, where's the submarine? Well, what, after a while, the submarine was out in the middle of the Atlantic. And I asked what, uh, I thought maybe it's just drifting, right? What, what's it, what's its depth? And its depth was positive 15 meters, which is like six fifty feet. It wasn't underwater drifting. It was on the deck of a ship. And they took it and they dumped it in one of these really deep holes off the coast of Africa. So nobody would ever find it again. Okay. And I published this, all this I've published on YouTube in, in videos, a whole series of videos. And like a year later, they found the submarine right where my pendulum had originally said it was. So one of the one of the family members wrote to me, mad, if you want to say very mad, saying, you, you know, how can you live with yourself? You were telling us it was in this hole off of Africa, and here they found it off the coast of Argentina. So I had to ask the pendulum, how far did that submarine travel in the last year? And of course, in the last year, theoretically been stuck on the bottom of the ocean, right? Hmm. It, according to the pendulum, it traveled 15,400 kilometers. And I asked how many angels were involved in that, and the answer was 240. So according to my crazy pendulum, by me sending two hours and 45 minutes of energy to solve the situation of the Arasan Juan submarine, 240 angels retrieved the submarine from a deep hole 4,000-some meters deep off the coast of Africa, and returned it to where it sank. That did not solve the problem, but it gave the evidence that they needed if they wanted, if they want to solve the problem. Hmm. So they sent down cameras to, to take pictures, and they made such blurry pictures that you can't tell what the submarine really looks like. They probably avoided the hole from the uh, torpedo. Very so nothing really happened, but my life was complicated for three years because my pendulum told me they're survivors of the submarine. Hmm. And, and I did help them. I did some healing for them and stuff. But other than that, I didn't really solve anything. But it's, it's the odd experiences you get into when you ask odd questions. Let's talk about the moon, Callisto, moon of Jupiter. Okay. This is really interesting because... Uh, one of my worker, he's uh, anyway. He he remarried. His his wife left him, um, really for good reasons. But uh, he he moved in with someone else. They eventually remarried, and and this woman had a, a little boy who was nine years old, and I got to be friends with the little boy. And he, uh, <clears throat> among other things, he uh, said he used to have some friends who were two brothers from another planet who were really good friends, but he hadn't seen them in years. Hmm. And he didn't remember much about them because it had been so long, you know. So uh, he had this big fear of dogs. And when I wanted to hypnotize, I saw that he had this big fear of dogs. And I asked his mom's permission to hypnotize him. And the mom was there during the whole hypnosis. And I hypnotized him to help him theoretically, excuse me, which I probably did help him with his fear of dogs. And I hypnotized him, and the first hypnosis I did, right, just kind of imitating the videos on YouTube. And I hypnotized him. He went back, remembered where his fear of dogs came from. I probably helped him a lot with that. And I said, wow, he's remembering stuff when he was a tiny baby. I'm going to see if he remembers his invisible friends. So I said something like, okay, uh, you told me about some invisible friends you had from another planet. I'd like to know more about it. And as soon as I said that, he said, real cocoa. You're my best friends. I miss you so much. Please come. I need you. I need you. And he's like, he's almost going to cry. And I wanted to settle him down. So I said, well, let's wait a while. Maybe they can come. Maybe they can't. And if they do, maybe it'll take a while. And let's just wait. And Let's wait a little while and see. So he calmed down. And, of course, he's there hypnotized with his eyes closed. And, and I, when I see he's good and calm, I said, what's their planet like? And he said, Give me a pen. 
So we actually set him up in bed, gave him a pen and, and a notebook, and he drew a circle on drew a circle on the paper, and he says, "This is this is the this is the planet. It's called Eslap. It's Jupiter. Actually, it's not Jupiter. It's a moon of Jupiter because, but because few people know the moons of Jupiter, they just call it. They say, you know, to simplify, they say it's Jupiter. And then he drew another circle inside the first circle, and he says." It's a hollow planet, and in the center is a is a central sun about the size of Costa Rica. And then he motioned on the right side, and on this side is the water, but it's not like the water here. It's a little bit gelatinous. And on this other side is where the people live, and here's the river Quandu and the river Baigla and the river Shuidi. He gave like the names of three weird names of rivers, and that got me. <laughs> okay, something's funny here, and I said, who are you? And he said, I'm Coco. So we talked for a good hour and a half with Real and Coco, his invisible friends from Callisto, the moon of Jupiter. Uh, they live about 2,000 years. They live in houses. They have families. He has a mom and a dad. At that time, in our years, uh, Real was 38 and Coco was 32 and they had a little old sister who was three. Uh, they had the mom and dad. In, a, in another hypnosis, which I have recorded and is on YouTube, his, his parents' names come out. They drew pictures of their parents. They wear clothes. They look very much like normal humans, except the dad had his hair. If, if it wouldn't, wouldn't went to one side, I'd say he's well appointed heads, but his hair was like off to one side, hmm. like a pointed hairdo. And the dad had, and the mother had, the mother wore a skirt. Interesting. I mean, a whole lot like here. Uh, they wrote in their language. And they were the human, print. human, uh, humanoids. Definitely humanoid. Yes. Uh, I asked, I asked, what's the main difference between them and us? And, and he said, well, the first thing you notice is our the pupils of our eyes, eyes are white. But he drew his dad. Now, they drew pictures and lettering as if they're about Diego's age, which may be at that time ten, nine or ten, hmm. you know, like little kids. Um, and the, the pictures they drew were little kid pictures, fairly good, but, but not artistic. And he drew a picture with his dad with his hands up in the air. And he's going like this, like under his breath, he's counting the fingers to get them right. You know, like one, two, three, four, five, six seven, eight, nine, ten. He goes over the other side and does the same thing, ten fingers. So they have ten fingers on each hand and twelve toes on each foot. Uh, they can chop trees with the edge of their hands. Yeah. They're their weapons. Um, they have a lot of the things from here. They have sheep, they have cattle, they have frogs, they have leopards, they have trees. Um... It's, it's interesting. And they all live in, it's a hollow planet, so there's no night. It, it's always daytime. And he says there's an entrance, but you can't see it from the earth. There's a hole, an entrance, that they can come and go, and they can come to the earth in about three and a half days hmm. in their ships. But I asked, how did you get here? And they says, he had a paper, and he put, he put his point of his pen, and he says like this, we are a point of light of many colors, and we come as a thought. Now, my wife, who has traveled outside her body and seen the other souls of her group that she did this exercise with, she says they are a spark of spark of light. So they, they are doing, if you want to, okay, I think they call it an astral travel, where your soul can move around. So their souls come here to play with the Earth kids. And they came, they were playing now, at that time there was a little girl about, three years old, the neighbors had a little girl, and they were playing with her. <laughs> but they said the, the parents give too many problems. So once the, once the kids are about five years old, they have to stop and find new friends. And it says it makes them sad because their earth friends get old so quickly because they age slower. And I asked, well, how long do you go to school? And he said, about 100 years. And I said, when do you start? And he said, oh, as soon as we're born. And I said, can you talk when you're born? He said, yeah. Hmm. And I asked the pendulum, I asked the gestation period for women 
on Callisto, and it is 27 months. Hmm. And and they said their dad is about 1,000 years old, and their mom is about 950, and they live no, about 2,000 years. No one can argue this, you know, <laughs> at all. Now, initially, I can contact them. You know, I contact people and can show their chakras, you know, indicators of their health. Mm. And I could contact them in Calisto, from here to Calisto. I have, I can have contact with them to do they check have how they're doing. A chakra system? Do they have seven yeah. chakras, or do they have more? Or? Uh, um, well, I tested, I tested their seven. <laughs> Maybe I didn't ask if they had more or what. Mm. That's another story because we now have a lot more than the seven main chakras. Um, our aura in 2014, our auras grew, and we were given. Let's see, I can't remember now. Three, four, five more, five additional chakras. And that was from this huge influx of divine energy that was in April of 2014, which is basically the same time that the Malaysia airline jet disappeared by coincidence. Hmm. Um, anyway, so initially I could not contact Rila and Coco's dad by Pendulum because he resisted. I can only contact people, if you want to say, who let me contact them. But, but after the second session, when I talked more with them, and let's say we got to be more friends, then I could contact their dad to also. So I say because of that, he's now let me in. One interesting thing is I ask, uh, I ask is there any violence on your planet? Oh, and, and they say the planet is governed by the, uh, the wise men, los sabios, the wise men. They're the ones who govern the planet, and they teach us how to live. <sighs> Uh, which is a whole another story. And I asked, uh, is there any violence on your planet? And he says, no, not really. But one time they decapitated an earthling. And I didn't ask more about that because I thought, okay, that's, I, don't, I don't really want the little kid to tell how, you know, to relive them decapitating somebody. And, uh, but when I'm about to say goodbye, I ask about his grandparents and they say, an earthling came and killed my grandpa. So hmm. they decapitated the earthling. And and I asked the name of this person who did that violent act. And it was absolutely German. It would not give me their last name probably because it was dangerous for me to delve deeper into that. Probably. It would not give his last name. His first name was, you know, it wasn't Hans, but let's say Hans or or something that you know automatically say that's a German name. Hmm. And, well, the, and uh, now, now you've opened up an entire can of worms because yeah, I, that's I, the, I, the Nazi presence in outer space. Okay, you at least that's where that comes from. Yeah, which is another story. Absolutely, I guess we'll have to we'll have to get onto that one with the uh, next show. Uh, but maybe we'll mix it in with some of the uh, the reptilian experiences you have. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, so Diego, the little boy, wanted to see them. So th- I said, I told them, and I'm talking to them, right? That Diego actually leaves his body and is off to the side. <laughs> his soul is off to the side, out of the body. Because I said, I said, how can Diego see you? And he says, well, we'll have to leave and Diego come back in to the body. And, and two times they were like giggling. And I said, what are you giggling about? And, and Diego's stomach was like bubbling. Hmm. And I said, Diego's stomach is bubbling. I've never felt that before. So they were feeling what things that were happening in Diego's body. Diego was off to the side waiting to come back in. And, and, and I asked, how can, how can Diego see you guys? And he said, well, we'll have to leave and Diego will come back in. And then you get him up and take him around the house and he will find us. So we, the, the mother and sister and I, you know, waited for Diego to come back in, woke him up, and took him around the house, and he found them. He saw them, and they hugged. And, of course, what we see are him hugging air. Um, they say because they're invisible, people come and sit on them. So what they do is they get out and sit on the people. And, and, and when Diego hurt his head on the road uh, and it was bleeding a lot, they put their hands on his head so he wouldn't bleed so much. And when he fell off the inner tube in the river, they pushed him to the side to keep him from drowning. Hmm. And one time a snake was going to, to bite their, his mother, and they stopped the snake. 
Good to have friends uh, in those places, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Oh, and they said they have they have a friend from China who gave them this this meat to eat and told them it was it was uh, chicken. So they ate chicken, and then they found out it was dog, and that and that they feed the dog bones. Giving bones to dog is like like almost nauseating to the extraterrestrials. The idea of of giving bones to a dog for them to eat is like nasty. Mm. So they they were feeling nasty because they'd ate dog they'd ate dog meat that was fed bones. And and but they said that friend from China got died from dengue. Let's do uh, let's get let's see if we can finish this off. Yeah, uh, you say that there's lots of reptilian experiences, including closing portals. And then you talk about the giant mushroom. Let's see if we can get okay. back today. Okay. Um, I had heard of reptilian shapeshifters and the reptilians and stuff. You know, this is like those big conspiracy theories on, on the Internet. that Most people, I call them people with tinfoil hats, you know, inventing stu- stupidity. Well, I didn't know how true it was until, as in one of my other sessions, I described the person who started to shapeshift in front of me, whose face melted. And with that, I believed in reptilians. Absolutely. <laughs> she was transforming into a reptilian, just didn't make it very far. And, and her human face came back on. So when I learned, start using the pendulum, I made it the goal to use it every day and ask new questions. So one time I was at my farm here and I said, well, you know, people talk about portals. I'm not really sure what they are, but in movies, there are these like a blurry thing you can jump into or walk through and you go somewhere else, right? Like a, a, a way of getting somewhere else. And I, I just asked the question, how far from me is the nearest portal? And, and the answer was 5,200 meters, which is roughly, roughly three miles. And I asked, is it toward San Isidro, which is inland, or toward Dominical, which is the coast? And the answer was, it's toward San Isidro which means it's basically east, right? And I thought, well, let's see. Wow, I can ask where it is. Now I've got it down to a 5,200-meter semicircle. But let me ask on degrees of a compass at how many degrees it is. And I go down the list. You know, the, the pendulum absolutely does multiple-choice questions. I just go 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 degrees and see, watch it respond. And it indicated 170 degrees, which is not quite due south. So I have a local map, a local topographical map that has the, the level, you know, the elevations and stuff. It was the, the only detailed local map I had. And I went, I got out the map and it indicated it on the map at 5,200 meters away, right? On, on the real steep hills there above the beach, probably in the middle of the forest. Mm. And, you know, was, I could probably go there, but it might be kind of hard to get there through the woods and the steep mountains and stuff. And I'm thinking, well... Okay, now I know where it is. Whose portal is this? And I, I have no idea who has portals. So I thought, okay, maybe the the lunatics, which means people from the moon, right? Uh, NASA, I don't know, the Martians, uh, the demons. Uh, didn't answer yes to any of those. And when I said reptilians, yes. Okay, that's a reptilian portal. Now, my wife, uh, knows an experience of a person who had problems with ghosts and she actually had a friend who closed a portal where this ghost was coming through causing problems and this woman's name is Rocio and I thought well you know I, I don't like the idea of a reptilians having, having a portal 5,200 from me and maybe we should close that and I asked should, should we try to close that portal and the answer was yes and I asked how many other ones there were, and there were a total of 19 on Earth of similar to this. The closest one was in Honduras. The one here, according to Pendulum, was basically abandoned. The one in Honduras was very active. They were taking 7,000 people a year through it or something like that. Uh, okay, and three or four in the U.S., uh, one in South Africa, one in Brazil, some in Europe. You know, I, I didn't find them all, but they're all over the world, basically, these portals. And I have the idea, well, I asked it to be good to close them. I thought, okay, well, I need to talk to Rocio and see you know, what the deal is with porting, closing portals. <clears throat> and I won't tell the whole story, but I got to San Jose, and, and the reptilians were causing me problems. 
because they stop my pendulum sometimes, interfere with my work, and I have to get rid of their energy. Uh, but that hadn't happened yet, actually. Actually, that had not happened. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. <clears throat> I got I got an email from somebody that says, what do you know about the elite of Costa Rica and the underground bases? I didn't even open That's just the, the title. What do you know about the elite of Costa Rica and the underground bases? And I thought, who's asking me this? Let me communicate with the person asking me this. And come to find out he was a reptilian. Okay, so the reptilians are writing me, asking me what I know about the elite in Costa Rica. No, thanks. Should I open the email? No. Should I answer it? No. Is there danger for me? Yes. Okay, this is dangerous. I'm getting, it's getting dangerous. Is it, is it dangerous to use my phone? Yes. I actually went to downtown the capital and made three or four phone calls with my phone number and changed phone numbers. Because I was going to leave my wife alone in her house, and if there's danger, I don't want her to be in any danger. So I thought they'd trace me to San Jose rather than to her place, because I'd just been there a day or something. Anyway, uh, so they're really messing me up, and I thought, no, nah. and I can't get through to Rocio. She's in a, out in the middle of the rural area and, and no phone service or something. And I thought, well, I, I, don't know, I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to do something against those stupid reptilians. Or Now they're writing me messages trying to find out what I know. So I actually sent sent to take energy away from that portal. I didn't know if it was going to do anything. And that was uh, that was like a Friday. Okay, I was going to get back to my farm on a Sunday. And at that time, I was getting assignments of work to do with the pendulum. I'd ask, is there something else I can help with? And the answer would be yes. And I said, well, when will this be? And it might be in three days. Okay, so I'd say, okay, well, on Wednesday, I'll be available. Is 8 o'clock okay? And yeah, okay. So, And I'd open, open up connection at Wednesday, 8 o'clock, and and I'd ask what the what the work is, and they'd tell me what I needed to do. You know, contact uh, such and such, and, and give them a subconscious message or whatever. So I, I had an assignment for Sunday at nine at eight o'clock in the evening. I got back to my farm at eight o'clock. I get out my pendulum and ask what the assignment is. And the assignment was to contact somebody and give them a message. And I'd learned how to do this: contact their subconscious. And I con so okay, who do I, who am I supposed to contact? And I go down a list and it was kinda weird, you know, there's none of the politicians, none of okay, nobody I know. And it ended up being the leader of the reptilians. And I write this down, what I'm what I'm supposed to be, you know, I write write down the message and then I have the pendulum okay and it's okay to, to send that message. So then I contact the person and read them the message and I ask, Do you understand? And usually the answer will be yes. So, okay, here are the messages to the leader of the reptilians. And I'm thinking, well, what can I say to the leader of the reptilians? I say, well, maybe I can say your portals are closed. I wrote down your portals are closed, and I asked, can I say that? And it says, yes. Okay. And then it had something to do with somebody. Really, it was hard to figure out who this was dealing with, and it was actually something to do with God. And I thought, what? wow, God, reptilians? Okay, well, reptilians, they, they need like... <laughs> If God's going to help them, they need mercy or something. <clears throat> so I said, uh, God is very forgiving. I wrote that or said that, and, and yeah, it's okay to say that. So I wrote down, God is very forgiving. I said, well, if he's going to forgive you, they have to ask forgiveness. And and so I wrote down, if you promise, like, you know, they need to promise to do something different and ask for forgiveness. I wrote down the words, if you promise, and I think, wait a minute. What's the promise of reptilian worth? Nothing. And I asked for the first time using the pendulum after two years of using the pendulum or so, I asked, actually asked who I was communicating with. Mm. Uh, a friend told me long ago before then, says, you who use the pendulum, you always need to ask if you're in contact with the light. And I, I didn't do that. I thought, I'm always in contact with the light. I go through my guardian angel and I don't need to ask. Well, I asked, are you of the light? And the answer was no. Then I asked, are you of the darkness? The answer was yes. And when I saw that, okay, I'm communicating with the darkness. They're trying to trick me since I did close their portals. They're trying to trick me into opening them. So I sent to take away all their energy. I did basically did an exorcism on all these. And I thought, I mean, that, was, that was probably the scariest moment to know that I'm directly communicating with the reptilian leaders through using the pendulum. 
And and I, you know, as I was kind of tired from the trip, and I said, I'm going to sleep, and I'll check this tomorrow. So the next morning, I went, so I, I had to take away all their negative energy until I had contact with the light. When I said, I have contact with the light, then I said, okay, I'm okay, I'm going to bed. <laughs> the next day I got up, I had to contact with the pendulum, contact. Do I have contact with the light? No. Do I have contact with the darkness? Yes. I take away all their energy. I had to do that seven times in a row before I could finally get through to the light. And then, then it was back and forth all day long, contacting the darkness and the light. At the end of the day, I asked, how many times did the darkness interfere with my pendulum today? And the answer was 22 times. They were mad as hell because I they couldn't trick me into opening their portals. Now, all that is absolutely stupid, uh, invented stories on my part, right? The pendulum, I'm making it move and all that people will say. A few months later, a friend came and I started telling him the same experience. I just got to the point where I said, I ask, is it towards Dominica, towards, towards inland or towards the coast? And he got up out of his chair and he said, he pointed the 170 degrees south and he said, that portal's over there, but that portal is closed. And I said, Bernal, why did you say that? And he says, I don't know. I just got that message. So they wanted me to know that I had closed the portals. So uh, when, I di when I did that, then anyway, uh, I do all kinds of strange stuff. You know, people who are listening, if all these things started to happening to you, what would you do? Well, <laughs> in my case, I found out I, so far I have nothing to be afraid of. And it makes life really interesting, and it makes a lot of people think that I'm crazy, which which is fine with me. Okay, I had many other experiences with reptilians, of course. Most of them exorcisms. They stopped my pendulum. Uh, 61 of the 100 U.S. senators were controlled by reptilians. But that's another story. The blue energy. Uh, I do hypnosis, and we have. I have some neighbors. They're actually Costa, living in Costa Rica, but they're from California, and they had left back to California to work. And they left uh, somebody watching their house across the street from my farm. And this was. I saw him on the road. He was a Canadian. I heard he was a Canadian. Then, like a couple of days later, he came over and said, "I heard you do hypnosis." And I said, "Yeah. Is is there something you want to investigate?" And he said, "Yeah. I was in in." Uh, he lived in Vancouver. I was in Vancouver, and all the time, this word A-Z-U-L was appearing to me. And my friend says, you know, it's the blue color in Spanish. That was quick, you know, easy to find out. But but it's just so perplexing. What does the word A-Z-Azul have to do with me? He's just totally perplexed. And And he also wanted to know what the number 40 had to do with him. I guess he's into numerology, which I don't. I'm not against numerology, but I don't understand it. Uh, I, I, I'm too busy for numerology. But anyway, he wanted to know about the number 40. And so I did a hypnosis. And he is a, uh, he is a guardian. He came to incarnate on the earth, of course. Uh, he feels like he's not part of his human family, you know, like he's kind of an outcast. Like he feels he's feels different than all the rest of his family, not that they get along bad, but they don't understand him and things like that. Um, I'm guessing he's around, was around 30 years old or so. And he was, he was traveling the world. He was going to just go all over the world and, and see the world. And, and he is, he is a guardian of a kingdom. It's, they called it kind of like you talk about the animal kingdom. Okay. The animal kingdom doesn't, there's not an animal who's the king of the animal kingdom. It's like a, a dimension, you know, a group of beings well, he's he's the guardian from a kingdom that doesn't have humans. It's just plants and animals where there's no duality. There's no good and bad, no no evil. And and he's the volunteer who came to the earth to bring a blue energy. Hmm. And and they say he is going to put that blue energy in the in the oceans in seven places. And that blue energy is going to propagate and fill the oceans. And he said, the earth is full of a ugly, dark energy of hate and violence and greed and selfishness and, and all this. 
And, and that blue energy is going to multiply in the oceans, and then it's going to start coming out of the oceans and get rid of all that ugly, dark energy that is controlling the Earth. And I thought, wow, that sounds cool. And they said that he, he is the only bringer of this blue energy, but there are six others who will be cooperating with him, hmm. what to say, to safeguard or protect the, six, six, the other six places that he's going to put this energy in the oceans. And I ask, okay, when's when's that going to when's when is this start going to start coming out of the oceans? 2017, July of 2017. And I asked, when's it going to start coming out of the oceans? And he said, in about two years. And I'm thinking, uh, uh, oh, in no, in November, excuse me, in November, November of 2017. And I said, how long is it going to take for it to really change the Earth? And he said, about two years. And I'm thinking, okay, November 2017 to November 2019. Oh boy, the the U.S. elections are in November. November 2019 is more or less when everybody's declaring that they're going to be a candidate, and the, and the politics heats up for the presidential election a year later. And I ask him, well, what's politics going to be like after that? And he said, oh, it's not going to be anything like it is now. They're just going to be mere administrators. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, 2019 by 2021, the world should be different. Well, as we can see, it, unfortunately, it didn't really happen, at least not on the scale that we would hope for. But it is in process. Everything is getting dragged out. Um, but anyway, I have this, this same friend who came to visit and could tell me about the portals that were closed. Uh, he, he, has, he has a lot of contact, and I ask him, Bernal, can you find out what that blue energy is? And a couple days later, he gets these visions like at 2 o'clock in the morning or something to, to explain things to him. And he said, yeah, they, they explained it to me. That, that blue energy is the energy of transformation of the Archangel Michael that's mm -hmm. going to transform the Earth. And so... That's all. I, I haven't had more contact with him. I think I wrote to him and he didn't write back. But I feel kind of privileged that I, privileged that I had the privilege of having a part in of understanding some of the transformation that uh, even though I, even though it's taken longer than we want, I think it will happen on the Earth. That's the blue energy, the energy of the Archangel Michael. All right. Going to transform the Earth. Well, Jesse, once again, did you... Uh... You gave us a tremendous amount of information. Uh, it yeah, take... it's far out. Yeah, no, but it's it's information that needs to be digested. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. The more people realize something really is going on, it, it may take longer than we hope, but 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 it really really is going on. Something something good really is going on. So. I want to say thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. I know everybody else who listened. Uh, learned a lot today. Okay, thank you to everyone. Thank you for watching and listening to the Timeless Voyager series podcast. Uh, you know, we're on video players like YouTube, uh, Rumble, audio players like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Now, one thing you can do to support the growth of Timeless Voyager is to hit that like button. Share, comment, and please subscribe. You know, uh, I have about 530 subscribers now, and my next milestone is 1,000 subscribers. So please help me reach 1,000 by hitting that subscribe button below. It's actually in the lower right portion of the screen. It's not easy to see, but I assure you, that it's there, and if you click on it, you will have subscribed. Now, subscribing is important because it triggers algorithms that help grow the Timeless Voyager channel. So, uh, And remember, subscribing is free and it's easy to do. My name is Bruce Stephen Holmes. I hope that your own personal voyage through life towards the development of your highest potential is a joyous, and successful one.